Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast and welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm so glad that week after week we can kind of pull up chairs together and sit for a little bit and look at a place in motherhood and align it with the truths of the gospel found in God's word. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the wisdom and the truth of letting go. We've been talking about it because and I've confessed to you that letting go is hard for me. A couple weeks ago, we talked about letting go when our kids are leaving. They're maybe moving to a different transition, a different stage of life, whether it's our little ones are growing up and becoming more independent and going to kindergarten, or our big ones are leaving us to head off to college or to a new life change. Maybe they're moving to a new city. And the letting go The allowing them to become, to move into that next stage of life is often hard. And so we talked about that and where do we anchor our hearts and how in God's word do we find hope and what is the answer? And we found it in Romans 4. So if you haven't heard that episode, I'm going to encourage you go back and listen to that. We want to anchor in the word of God in our prayer lives and in our thought lives. So that in the moments where we feel like we want to clutch onto, to hold, to control, to honestly, when I don't want to let go, I then tend to try and manipulate. We want to go back to God's word. What does he, how does he call us to walk? And then last week we talked about how do we walk with our wounded child? How do we let go of a child who is limping along? They've been wounded or betrayed or hurt, or there's a loss of a dream, or they're just lonely. Like we are seeing them in a space that we don't like for them. And oftentimes, I know for me, my initial impulse is to jump in the middle of it and fix it all. But what actually does God call us to do in motherhood? And how actually can we respond in a healthy, gospel-centered way without becoming entrenched in their pain, in their drama, but instead being a voice of truth and a voice of wisdom and a voice of hope? And also, how do we become the interceder for them, the one who prays consistently on their behalf. Because God's word invites us to do that. And for that to be one of the primary ways that we work alongside of our child, not for them, not instead of them doing the work, but if we are going to walk with our child side by side, following Jesus, and we're wanting to push them to a direction of the one who can be their help, who can be their strength, who can be their friend, which is not you and me, y'all. 
We aren't the end-all, be-all for our kids. That's Jesus. So if we want to have that gospel perspective, one of the most beautiful roles that we occupy is as somebody who prays for them. And we talked about that last week. And this week, we're going to tackle the hard and the painful question of how do we let go when our child is lost? And what I'm talking about this week is how do we, what is the right response when our child is either in a crisis of their faith, they are rejecting the faith, and therefore also probably in the process rejecting me as their parent. How do we respond? What is, what does it mean to let go there? And all along in each one of these episodes, we have said that letting go does not mean rejecting. It doesn't mean walking away. It means letting go of control and honoring the truth, which is God is the one who is in control. He is sovereign over this circumstance. It isn't you and me, but oftentimes we want to own it. We want to believe that we can make this right, fix this. And in reality, when we do that, when we step into God's role, (laughs) we're no longer in right relationship with God, are we? And so this week, this is a hard one. And so we're going to dive into it. We're going to look at our feelings, our reactions, and we're going to end up anchoring in God's word. And I pray it will give you some framework if you are walking in this season of life with a child. My prayer is that this will offer for you hope and will reset your steps with Jesus yourself. So let's start. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that our children will be tempted and may have crisis of faith and want to reject the faith. Like, let's acknowledge it's a truth. When my children were very little, it was almost a panic point for me, if I'm honest. Like, I just was panicked that they would reject Jesus, that if I didn't do my job exactly right, if I didn't get everything said exactly the way it should be said, that they would not come to know Jesus as their Savior, and it was all up to me, and I could not mess this up. Then I would lay in the bed at night and go, God, please, please, please let my children know, know you. But what I had miscued on from the time that my children were very little. And so if your kids are little right now, you may be miscued on this too, because I certainly was. I believed the lie that their salvation was up to me. And that is a lie. It's not up to you and to me. In fact, Scripture makes it very clear that we're not the ones responsible for drawing somebody else to the faith. What we are called to be faithful to is sharing the faith. We are called to teach. We are called to talk about it, 
right? Deuteronomy 6 kind of gives a, 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 a language or a way to think about sharing your faith with your children. It's when it says in Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You will bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And we hear this and we focus, right? Or I did. Oh my goodness, this is my job. I must be the teacher of all these things. And I lost sight of this part that Moses says right before that, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That is the first thing I want to share with you today is that you are not responsible for your child's salvation You are called, number one, to be faithful to your God, to love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might in front of your kids every day, to love Jesus, to pursue Jesus, to know him, to be in his word, that these are the truths that mark your life. And then the outflow of that will be the speaking of these things for your children, but we're not the ones who call them and make them become saved. We're not. And so if we miscue there and we believe that we are, then we're carrying a weight God never intended for us to carry. And instead it becomes a place of bondage. Instead, you are invited to be a prayer for your little ones who don't know Jesus. And God really had to do that work in me. I He had to realign so much of my thinking on this. It is the reason the prayer journal exists. So this prayer journal, Warrior Mama Prayers, is designed for an entire week to be spent praying that your children will see the gospel and recognize their need for a Savior. And it walks you through how to very specifically pray God's Word for your children, that they will come to know Him. And I wanted to share just a little snippet of it, because I think that understanding how the journal works will help you even think and begin to say, I've never prayed for my child in this way. I've never, I don't know how to intercede. My parents didn't do that. I've never seen it in action. Maybe. So I thought really quickly, I will give you one day in the first week. So the whole first week, we're praying for the gospel to bear fruit in our children's lives. And what does that, what do I mean by that? I mean that they will begin to understand who God is, who they are in their sinful natures, what the fall is about. Why do we need reconciliation with God? And then who Jesus is, that he came to be the one who reconciles us, who makes a way for us to have relationship with God again. And then what does that mean for us? How does that change us as we walk, as in new life, in a new creation? That's this whole gospel picture. And praying for each part of that over seven days will be a powerful place for you to sit with your child, whether they're young or old. But day two is one of the days. And in day two of the first week, 
The statement simply is, pray for the Lord to draw your child to himself. And the scripture is Ezekiel eleven nineteen. God says, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. You see, you and I are not going to be able to remove the heart of flesh from our child. No matter how many lectures, no matter how many perfect presentations of who Jesus is, it's not going to change anything. This is a God thing. And so owning that, it's a miscue. We're focusing on the wrong thing and we're believing a lie that somehow we are responsible for their salvation. All we are is the one who loves God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul and all of our strength. We walk and we talk about it every day. And we are praying fiercely on their behalf. So what is written here then? What's the prayer prompt? I'm not going to give you a prayer in this journal. I want you to pour your heart out month after month on this concept. So there's space for you to write your own prayer. All I give you is a little bit of a prompt, a little bit of teaching. So this teaching says this. It says, we pray that the Lord will faithfully draw our children to himself. His patience and steadfast love pursue our children with the truth of his mercy and their need for his saving grace. The reality that our children are dead in their sin with hearts of stone should sober us and drive our prayers. We pray that God softens their hearts so that the seed of his word can take root. We are the fragrant aroma of Christ, and our prayers that God will remove and replace our children's heart of stone with his heart do not go unnoticed by him. That is to encourage you, because the second point today that I want to talk about is, number one, oftentimes we misalign who's responsible for what in our children coming into faith. And then as our children grow and we're now in the struggle zone, perhaps you have a preteen or an adolescent or an adult child, and they are rejecting what you have been praying that they would accept. And you are feeling all of the feelings that go along with this because it's not just their crisis of faith. For most of us who walk through these seasons with kids, it becomes a crisis of our faith. So the second thing we need to do is we need to spend time with Jesus and examine our own hearts, examine our own reactions, and allow the Holy Spirit to sift through what we're feeling. Because the the truth is, your feelings, what you're harboring in your heart, are go- it's going to flow out. It's going to bubble out in conversations. And if it is worry, disappointment, maybe sadness, maybe fear, maybe it's anger. You're angry. You've invested all this time. You've spoken this out. It, And it didn't work because I've heard that from lots of moms. It didn't work. It didn't work, Bethany. And I'm angry. I don't know if I'm angry at myself because I messed it up, which is, right, we are believing 
the wrong person is in charge of salvation, or we're frustrated with God. Maybe we're angry with God. Why hasn't, what is happening that he is not, my child doesn't know him, doesn't acknowledge him? Is it God's fault? But you and I need to spend time with the Holy Spirit sifting through the feelings we're experiencing and find the truth that lies at the bottom. Because what happens next is we're watching our child have a crisis of faith. And it can spark inside of us our own crisis of faith. We don't understand God's timing. We don't understand His ways. We don't understand why it's not happening the way we want it to. And we need to spend time with Him on that. Because the enemy, the deceiver of your soul and the deceiver of your child's soul, would love for this to become a place of bitterness. He would delight in nothing else than you also being full of anger and turning your back on God. And it's easy. And I've been in seasons where I'm like, God, what are you doing? And why are you not doing what I want you to do? And my posture becomes more of a stiff-necked, rebellious, angry mom than a humble on my knees, interceding mom for my child. And one changes my faith walk and puts distance between me and God, and one makes my faith walk more intimate, where I am tied even more closely to the shepherd of my soul, the overseer of my heart and my faith walk. I want you to see how tricky this one is, this letting go is. It is not easy. And I want to honor that it's not easy. This is not flippant material that I'm giving you. But you need to first do the work of acknowledging your feelings and letting the Holy Spirit work and move in there, prayerfully journaling, Lord, show me, me. What lies am I believing? Where have I misplaced Where my, what my role is and who is in charge here? Where am I not understanding your sovereignty and therefore wanting to reject you or be angry towards you? And God, break my heart. Show me again your heart for my child. Because what the enemy wants to convince you is God doesn't care about your kid. But instead, we do a deep dive into actually Jesus' heartbeat for those who are lost. And we see it displayed in Matthew 9. So Matthew 9, verse 35, says, Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. Here's his heartbeat right here. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he turns to his disciples and he says, The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. You see, we are going to be praying 
that now that we have sifted our feelings and we are now in a position and a posture with God of bent knee, I am going to fiercely pray on the behalf of my child from now until the day I walk into heaven, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to bring my child to an understanding of their need for you. Then we begin to ask him, God, give me the same compassion for my child that you have. And the reason that needs to be our next prayer, that third point, is because it is easy. We know our kids. We know we we see them maybe rejecting the faith, maybe saying they don't need it, that they're independent, that they've got their life wrapped up, or whatever their belief system becomes. And we can be offended. We can be, like, frustrated by that. And instead, we want to be consistently asking Jesus, let me see them the way you see them, which is harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. You see, a sheep without a shepherd is doomed. And the truth is, no matter how bold, confident, or brave, or whatever your child, however assured they feel like they are in the choices that they're making in their life, at the end of it all, there is no peace except the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. There is no other peace that will guard your heart and your mind. So we know, and our heart needs to break and have the same compassion that Jesus has, and not get lost in the angry frustration of, why can't you just See the way that I see it. And then we need to pray consistently over and over every single day, beginning to learn the rhythm of praying and interceding for our child with God's word as the anchor point. That's the whole design of Warrior Mama prayer journal like that's the design of it is to is to teach you that rhythm because I I I didn't know that rhythm. I didn't, and and we were walking through crisis of faith with some of our kids, and we were walking through really hard seasons, and I didn't know how to pray continually and and keep it organized and, and know what I was praying from day to day. I mean, it was just, everything was hard, and that's the whole design of this journal that's available to you, but I want you to know that God is inviting you into an intercession for your child that will deepen your faith walk. It will not make your faith more tremulous. It will make your faith more anchored in God's word. And it will tie you so much tighter to the shepherd and the overseer of your own soul, which is, you know, Matthew 9, 36 is answered in 1 Peter 2, 25, where it says that Jesus is the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. He is the one who holds it all together for us so that we're not harassed and helpless. And that's what we pray for our kids. And then finally, the very last part of walking with a child and letting go of a child who is lost is, again, we're not rejecting them. We're not giving up on them. In fact, if anything, we are totally repurposing and re-energizing with a very specific goal. But most of it is done in quiet. It's done apart from our child. It's done between us 
and God. But then finally, in that last part, we want to speak to our children with grace and truth. Where do we get that, right? That is Jesus. He was full of grace, yet full of truth. And it is a both and. And we're living in a day and a time where there's a heavy, heavy emphasis on grace in some portions. And then there's this heavy emphasis on truth. And some of us are scared of too much truth because we think our kids will reject us. Some of us are like, well, we can't just only hang out in grace and say, well, I just love you because you're my kid no matter what you do, no matter what life you choose, no matter what. So, But it is at both end. But again, this goes back to the very first point, which is we're going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and our strength, which means you and I are going to need to be in our word every day, hearing and seeing and learning what God says. We need to know His truth. We need to know the fullness of His grace. How do we extend grace to a child who's walking in maybe a complete open rejection of the gospel? And where we get beautiful pictures of that is how Jesus did it. You know, take Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well. She was completely rejecting everything of the faith, and she knew the faith. Remember that conversation? Now, she was a Samaritan, but she knew everything about worshiping God. She knew everything about how to walk in their religion of following God. And she's having this conversation with Jesus at the well, and yet she is openly living a life of sin. And Christ, in truth, says, hey, I I know the way you're living. Remember? He goes, you you haven't just had a husband. You're actually on your number, I'm blanking, number six, number seven, whatever it was, like way more. I mean, and the one you have right now, you're not even married to, right? He, in, in truth, he speaks truth, but he is extending and the fullness of it is this grace conversation. And when you read that passage, you know why she is comfortable having this conversation. And it is because of the fullness of the grace walking with the truth that Jesus does. Take the story of the prodigal son. There's a fullness of grace there. That father, which is designed, Jesus tells us that story, and it's designed to give us insight into how our Father pursues and looks for us. It follows the story of the coin, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and now we have the prodigal son. And and the Father runs to his son who is returning and offers full grace. There's fullness of position given back to that son upon his return. You see, we want to have relationship with our children that allows a fullness of return to happen one day. Where we have maintained relationship even when we're seeking to share truth. And it's a both thing. Our God is a relational God. 
So the truth we share has to be tied inside of the grace of loving them. And the way we're able to walk that out is because we are continually interceding on their behalf and asking Jesus to give us his compassion for them, that we can see them as harassed and helpless and be compassionate towards them. Not frustrated, angry, bitter, disappointed, not believing the lie that God doesn't care about our kid because instead we are loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And we will hold fiercely to that in the going with this child. I want you to know this is not easy. And covering it in 30 minutes, it's almost foolishness to try and do this. This would be something that I have sat with other friends and we have wept and we have prayed and we have prayed and we have prayed for years. And we are living in a time where the enemy is on a full pursuit to deceive your children and then to deceive you. He wants you to be so discouraged and angry with God and believe the lies that God doesn't care about your kid. He wants your kid to absolutely believe that God is just a God of rules and not worthy of time, that he doesn't care about them. Like He is in a full pursuit of deceiving. And you and I have got to get serious about praying for our kids and understand this is a war. It is not by mistake that this podcast is called Warrior Mama Podcast. It is very intentional that the prayer journal is called Warrior Mama Prayers. It's because you and I are in a battle, a spiritual battle, and there is a full-on pursuit to destroy our children and our even our own spiritual walks. And I'm telling you that the the way to stand firm is to walk with Jesus in prayer. You have to walk with Jesus in prayer. You and I have to establish a rhythm of praying and interceding for our families, for our children, for our marriages, for ourselves. We need to connect with God through his word. It is your sword. It is the way to do battle, but you have to keep it sharp. That is why this journal is written, because I needed a way to keep the word sharp and so that I could pray it, and it was in front of me, so I didn't have to every day go, what do I pray today? No, it's there. There's a, there's a space. I can begin. Every day has multiple scriptures for you. One is pulled out and given in front of you, and the others you can find, and you can look up their tag there. I want you to understand God's word is what you need. And you desperately need to be praying for your people. I am praying for you. I am praying for you as you learn to let go of the control. That's false anyway. It's a false God. You're not in control. Because I know that when you instead fully surrender to God and you are walking in intimacy with Jesus, listening to the Holy Spirit 
as you pour out your heart before him and you get in your word, there is life for you. There is hope for you and there is peace for you. That is the peace that will guard you. And I am praying that you discover it. I am praying that here on the podcast and in some in the resources at the Warrior Motherhood resources, we can help you find what you need. We have a community for moms who are who are trying to work this out and walk this out. It will open up again in October. And it is a beautiful space for you to find other women who are working this out, walking this out, talking about scripture, seeing how it really comes to play in the daily moments. If you want more information about that, we have a wait list that's forming for the next open door. We'd love to put you on it. We'll give you additional like communication when that door is open so you won't miss it. But more than anything, I'm telling you that I'm praying for you. It is hard to be a mom these days. But Jesus promises he wants to be your foundation, your undergirding, your helper, and the shepherd and overseer of your soul. And he will walk with you and lead you through his Holy Spirit. As always, you can reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram and send me messages there. Lots of you find me through the website and you can send me messages there. If you want to get on the newsletter, if you just want to email me, get on my newsletter and you'll get a newsletter every week from me with information, with a little bit of teaching. And in that, you can also talk to me. I want to spend time with you. Thanks for listening. And I'm praying for you today as you walk with your kids. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.